0: Welcome to the 10th Annual Mass Challenge Awards. Since its founding, Mass Challenge has held the belief that startups hold tremendous power to change the world. The
1: Mass Challenge 2019 cohort. Almost nobody cares how your product works, they care what problem
2: it solves. We are essentially the fastest platform to get a job in the restaurant and retail industry.
3: What we're doing is making healthy eating more available to families living in food and communities with our affordable, nutritious
0: meal kit. We are an information sharing platform for emergency. So a big building like this, you call 911, an ambulance shows up, which is great, but they're at the far end of the building.
1: This is the Language of Business, a podcast to help inform and inspire entrepreneurs and anyone thinking about a startup learn about strategies that work and strategies that don't work from experts who've been there and done that. I'm executive producer Don Kelly. Our host is Gregory Stoller, Harvard MBA and senior lecturer at Boston University Questrom School of Business. In July, we went to the kickoff of the Mass Challenge 2019 cohort. We talked to the managing director and to three teams. And last week, we went back to see how they did in the competition. Here's Greg Stoller.
4: Thanks, Don. We're talking with three teams in the 2019 cohort at Mass Challenge. Who are we talking with first?
1: Hi, so my name's Dan
3: Wexler. I'm the executive director of Eat Well Meal Kits, and what we're doing is making healthy eating more available to families living in food insecure communities with our affordable, nutritious meal kit. The box with everything you need, right down to the oil, meat, and spices to cook a nutritious family dinner for five people for only $15 what we do is we distribute our meal kits from community partners in food insecure communities they're sometimes known as food deserts they're communities where there is one or sometimes no grocery stores healthy food and often any food in these communities are very expensive and so we provide fresh easy and affordable dinner options so what's a typical meal the recipe development really starts in the community our recipes are designed by our two-star michelin chef and they're all in line with the USDA dietary guidelines. So you could have something like, for instance, our chicken pot pie pasta, which is a pound of chicken, box of pasta, peas, corn, celery, carrots, onions, and all of the seasonings and other ingredients that you need to make a 30-minute one-pot meal. They're quick, they're easy, and there's not a lot to clean up after. And how does that differ from Blue Apron? So our recipes or our meal kits are $15 to feed five people. It comes out to be $3 a serving as compared to Blue Apron, which is about $8 per serving. Additionally, rather than doing delivery, we sell our meal kits right from these community partners, YMCAs, health centers, and things like that. So It's a much more accessible and affordable option for these families. Blue Apron and and similar services tend to be a bit more elaborate. I've used Blue Apron and The food was pretty good, but I definitely took a long time to make and used about every dish in my kitchen. So ours is designed to just be quick and simple. How did you end up at Mass Challenge? We applied. No. um, So we were in an accelerator before this called Bonbillo. Is that here in Boston? It's based out of CIC right in downtown Boston. It's a great program. And they recommended us applying to Mass Challenge because we're a very socially missioned organization. And we know that Mass Challenge is really interested in expanding their social impact. And they have just a really great wealth of resources in terms of mentors and partners who are really eager to give us advice and
4: direction on the problems that we're trying to solve. Dan, thank you so much for being on the Language of Business, and best of luck in the competition. Who do we have next?
2: My name is Tony. I'm one of the co-founders of JobGet. We are essentially the fastest platform to get a job in the restaurant and retail industry. And you can kind of think of us as the Facebook for jobs all on your mobile phone. Why we kind of focus on the restaurant and retail industries because currently there are 80 million job openings in the US a year. 40% of them are focused on the white collar jobs. And that's where all the big players like LinkedIn, Glassdoor, Monster, they all play in. The 60% of the people who really need help finding jobs are still using archaic platforms like Craigslist or even help wanted signs. We launched about four months ago. We started with about eight employers on our platform using the platform. We thought maybe grow to 10, 20 or 30 employers to our surprise we actually grew from 8 to over 700 employers in 4 months using the platform and this includes large chains such as Dunkin Donuts, Aubon bank CVS and Taylor that's because we really met a massive need in this market where employers need to find the right people and the right people need to find the right employers so in terms of job seekers we grew from about 50 to more than 3000 job seekers in 4 months and a lot of it is through partnerships with organizations so there are local you know family services or unemployment agencies local schools one example is madison park high school which we went in we spoke with the career counselor he was really glad to have us because he said you know all our kids need jobs and right now they're going through newspaper ads and stuff so we basically presented to the classes of kids they're all having fun using this app getting jobs and most of them have gotten interviews and a lot have gotten hired already so in the center four months we probably got over a thousand people hired through that platform already through JobGet.
4: So what makes JobGet the
2: fastest? Great question, great question. So we, we believe we're really changing the paradigm of the hiring industry. Something like a typical, like a Craigslist or Indeed, the process takes weeks. Because the psychology is you're going to website, you're filling out an online application, you submit an email, you don't hear back till five days later, two weeks later. Whereas literally on our app, it's instant, create a profile in seconds. Kind of like Facebook and you apply to jobs instantaneously. And on the employers, they're on their app as well all the time. So one example is, you know, we went to a dig-in location. The employer just posted a job and he got three applicants within literally five minutes. And he messaged around the app, and can you come in later today on the app? And people are super responsive because on mobile, you reply to text a lot faster. So it's very, very quick and it's very simple to use because it's kind of very visual and a mobile format as well.
4: And this is paid for by? The employers do
2: pay for it. Um, but right now we're trying to make it as free as possible for the Boston population because that's our kind of our home base and just trying to help out the community as a whole.
4: Tony, thank you so much for joining us today on The Language of Business and good luck in the competition. Don, back to you.
1: Coming up, a way for first responders to know they're knocking on the right door. Back to Greg.
0: Thanks, Don. Who do we have now for team number three? Yeah, my name is Eric Kanegi. I'm the CEO and co-founder of SimpleSense, and we are an information sharing platform for emergency. So a big building like this, you call 911, an ambulance shows up, which is great, but they're at the far end of the building. What you really need to do is call security first so they can go meet the ambulance, they can come to you, they can make that whole process happen a lot faster. So at the end of the day, who pays for it? So the enterprise pays. So our initial customer, it's sort of like you want to sell the Uber black Product, you know, the premium product first, and then figure out how to bring it to the wider market. And so we're starting with enterprises because they have this problem en masse. Big campuses, lots of people, lots of different buildings. A lot of times a big corporate campus will have one address. So in Google Maps, you'll see one spot for the whole campus. So if you call 911, that's where the ambulance is going. They're not coming to your building. That's so a really big problem in that context. So a good example here in Boston is there was a woman who went to the ER. So she showed up at the ER. This is two in the morning and the door was locked. She had to walk about 70 feet to the other door, but she couldn't make it. So she walked halfway, sat down on a bench, called 911, told them she was outside the door, and that piece of information didn't get passed on. Took them 10 minutes to find her.
4: I recall hearing about that. I
0: think that was in Somerville, but she died, right? She ended up dying. So just that simple piece of information that she's right outside the front entrance, they didn't get and that ended up in her death because of a 10 minute delay. That happens all the time, especially at the workplace.
4: You are in the Seaport District of South Boston. Years ago, it was just dirt and grime.
0: Now it's been completely built up. How do you go about finding some new clients? Initially, it's the enterprises. So it's big corporations that own their buildings and have a lot of employees. Eventually it's, yeah, multi-tenant buildings, big apartment buildings, high rises. They're all places that have this problem. Is
4: Avalon one of your clients? Yeah, yeah. Eric, recently in the news there was a story about first responders providing lock boxes for senior living households.
0: Yeah, so they're called Knox boxes. Yep, the fire department has the key in so they can get in. So a big problem that happens though is the keys aren't kept up to date and so the fire department will have sort of outdated information basically to get access to the building. So part of what we're doing, so we charge the building owner to keep everything current and up to date. So the fire department when they're showing up has the best information. What we do is, after you call 911, we share that data that you called 911 with the building management. So the facility here, the security, they know that you called, otherwise they don't know until the ambulance is here, and then you're already losing five to ten minutes to come and find you. So we share it with them right away, so everybody knows right away, and eventually they can share floor plans back with the first responders, they can start to send information back and forth securely, sort of like Dropbox, but for that emergency heart attack, every minute that goes by, reduces your chance of survival by 10%. So five minutes is a really big deal in a heart attack. How did you end up at mass challenge? Uh, so we've been through a couple different accelerators. So Reno, Nevada is where we started in 2017. And then last year we were at a security accelerator in Erie, PA. Did our first test there with the Fortune 500, with the fire department there, the police department. And that brought us to here this summer. We're glad to be here. It's There's 104 startups in the cohort and it's, yeah, very diverse group of people different companies different approaches it's been great to be here and learn from everybody as we go through the program
4: eric thanks so much for appearing today on the language of business best of luck in the competition and now don
1: back to you still to come we talk to a $50,000 gold award winner at the mass challenge awards when the language of business continues our sponsor is boston university questrom school of business in partnership with edx Boston University Questrom School of Business is now offering an online MBA, a top-tier business education available to learners around the world. It's a two-year program with a tuition of $24,000, far more affordable than typical on-campus programs. Interested? Get full details at bu.edu Questrom. Next up on the Language of Business podcast, we meet Tony Liu again. He's a $50,000 gold award winner at the Mass Challenge 2019 cohort. Once again, Greg Stoller. Thanks, Don. So,
4: what does it take to win at Mass Challenge? We're back on location here on Dry Dock Avenue with a gold medal finalist, Tony Leo, co founder and CEO of JobGet. And welcome back to the language of business. Thank you very much for having me. Tony, when we first spoke with you at the kickoff in July, you were just starting the Mass Challenge program now last week you are a fifty thousand dollar award winner congratulations we'd like to hear how did you get this amount of success
2: our success came from the fact that we're able to connect the community with the local employers and the local candidates together in such a short amount of time so within seven months we've helped more than ten thousand job seekers in boston find jobs across more than 1200 businesses here
4: do you think that it was the metrics of demonstrable success that oppressed the judges? Is it your energy? Is it you were your three co-founders' advantages? What what do you think was the it factor?
2: That's a great question. I would say that it's a combination of both the amount of traction as well as the strength of the team. So the amount of traction really helped us get on the map by helping more than 10,000 candidates as well as more than 1,200 businesses. At the same time, we also have a very strong core founding team. So myself, I come from a finance and strategy background. Yep. My co-founder, he used to own two retail stores. Yep, nice. And my third co-founder, he used to lead a tech team in Silicon Valley. So the three of us combined was able to create this very complementary team that helped us drive the success.
4: But how do three people get along?
2: Fantastic. I mean, we, we have different personalities, but very cohesive
4: personalities. So it's not often two against one?
2: Oh, never, never. We're always on the same page on everything. At the same time, we often play devil's advocate, but at the same time, we also come to an agreeable conclusion.
4: How much doubt, if any, did you have seven months ago, three months ago, or now, you were going to do so well?
2: In the beginning, we've always knew that we tapped onto a very big market. Although we launched seven months ago, we have been doing customer interviews and you know, product reviews through the course of last year. So we knew that we were onto something, sure. um, but obviously this has been a very pleasant surprise.
4: And it sounds like you've had a fantastic month. You were also a finalist at the Inclusive Innovation Challenge at MIT, and it also sounds like you've been professionally funded. Tell us about both of those, please.
2: Yeah, that's, that's a great point. It's been a tremendous month for us. We also won the MIT Inclusive Innovation Challenge as a North America winner. And now we are down to the final four for a chance to win $250,000, so fingers crossed for that. At the same time, we are also supported by very strong groups of VCs. And I think we will be announcing our overall round over the coming month as well. I think that's a very, very strong indicator for us.
4: So what do you see the next six to 12 months being like for JobGet?
2: The six to 12 months will be focused on growth. So now that we have this great support, we have this great traction, and we have the team in place, our focus is to bring JobGet to saturate the rest of the Boston market, as well as bring our platform across the rest of the US over the next coming year.
4: And the $50,000 that you've won at Mass Challenge, and hopefully we'll keep our fingers crossed as well, the 250 from MIT, directly what would those funds be used for?
2: One of our biggest focus is getting involved in communities. So, with a $50,000 prize from Mass Challenge, as well as a potential $250,000 from MIT, we look to invest in hiring community leaders that will step into the various communities of Boston to help individuals onboard them not only to the platform, but to teach them in terms of career management, in terms of advancement, and to really get integrated with communities here in Boston and across the different cities.
4: If you were to become, as of tomorrow, a mentor and you were no longer a running job yet, what two or three pieces of advice would you give to prospective mass challenge companies?
2: Very interesting question. I would say that the successful trade of any entrepreneur, Grid is above all. There are going to be numerous days where there's gonna be downs and there's gonna be up days. But no matter what happens, you have to persevere through everything. And everything's gonna be different every single day. So having that grit really helps. Secondly is building the right team. So it's not about finding you know, the most successful people or the smartest people in the room. It's about finding the right people and the right fit. I think that's, that's really helpful towards any you know, startup buddy entrepreneurs.
4: You mentioned one of your co-founders has done a couple of startups before. How much did that contribute to the overall success of your team?
2: Yeah, I, th- I think both my co-founders have experience in either startups or their own businesses. So one of my co-founders, he actually ran two retail stores. Right. So he understood you know, very well of how a company grows from the beginning to the end and he has an operational background as well as network in the area. So he brought you know, that tremendous amount of experience in that aspect. My second co founder, he actually led a team in the Silicon Valley on the tech side. He's very well versed in all the potential bugs or all the potential hurdles that may come, and he's also very well versed in how to scale a technology product from the beginning to the end. So I think it's been tremendous. What
4: passion. was the main difference between the MIT program and the one here at Mass Challenge?
2: I would say that the mass challenge program has been much more hands-on because it is an accelerator in which we're brought into the program you know we meet with the staff every single day they introduce us mentors they provide us office space and they connect us with different resources the mit challenge i think that is we are at the beginning of that phase and i've yet to see kind of what the program has waits for us but i'm sure that after we you now, the awards and everything will be much more involved after that, uh, that competition is over.
4: Outside of growing your company, what advice would you give to a first or, in your team's case, second or third time entrepreneur in terms of growing their firm?
2: In terms of growing the firm, the best advice I would have is to have a measured approach. A lot of entrepreneurs can get in over their heads by trying to grow as fast as possible, and we've seen a lot of failures correlated with just going too fast. So I would say that really understanding your product fits, making sure that your existing customers are very happy and then take a managed approach to growth rather than just going all in.
4: Tony, thank you very much. Thank you. Tony Leo, co-founder and CEO of JobGet and a huge congratulations on your win
1: here at Mass Challenge. Don, back to you. Thanks Greg. And that's our episode this week. There are links to all our guests on the show notes. Just go to lobpodcast.com. The Language of Business is available wherever you get podcasts. Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Alexa. And if you subscribe, you'll get it automatically. We now have downloads in 64 countries, 35 states plus DC, and 5 provinces. Thanks for the support. If you like it, tell a friend. Social media for The Language of Business is by Jennifer Powell of Excellent Writers. Consulting producer Helen Tierney of Happy Accident Productions direction, voiceover, and audio editing by yours truly. Special thanks to Mike Carruthers of somethingyoushouldknow.net. I'm executive producer Don Kelly. For Greg Stoller and the entire team, thanks for listening to The Language of Business.